tis the season to be folly. <laughs> Real talk, when it comes to the holidays, inevitably we are going to be faced with some tough choices at the dinner table. We will be inundated with fats and carbs. And especially around the holidays, one of the largest iconic matchups in competitive history isn't a college or NFL game. Nah, it's much deeper than that. And although it may not be nationally televised, at some point everyone is going to have to get in the game on a global scale. The keto diet has shined light on both of these nutrients. And now science is showing why we should not simply root for the underdog, but also understand that there are both winners and losers on each team. This goes much deeper than fantasy football. It's very much a reality, and we have the highlights, the stats, and the benchmarks to prove it. Fats versus carbs, the most highly anticipated showdown that takes place during the holidays, and the most talked about bowl game or Super Bowl matchup every single year. In the end, a champion will emerge. Now throw on your jersey, zip up your starter jacket, and grab your fitted cap, because it's going down. Welcome to Eat, Live, Love, Train. It's not a tagline, it's a lifestyle, and a community of individuals devoted to food, wine, and wellness. I'm your host, Chef Shannon, executive chef, certified sommelier, and certified wellness coach. Also, proud Air Force veteran. Hashtag gratitude. As you listen, this will be one of the best moments of your week, where you're entertained like a stand-up, educated like a TED Talk, and enlightened like a sermon. If you're new around here, welcome. You can find me at eatlivelovetrain.com. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. You can listen over at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa TuneIn, Pandora, and Google Podcast. I appreciate you. And if you got something on your mind, feel free to DM me on Instagram at eatlivelovetrain. And if you're not new, then you already know how we get down around here. If you would like to be a part of the Food, Wine, and Wellness Tribe and get routine updates and notifications on pop-ups, live streams, promos, members-only exclusive videos, podcasts, and or giveaways, be sure to get on the list to receive a newsletter. You don't want to miss out on opportunities that will enhance your kitchen game, hosting skills, food and wine persona, and bring added value to both your personal and professional relationships overall. You can sign up to get all these updates at eatlivelovetrain.com forward slash newsletter. Now, the low-fat diet movement in the United States is so long-running, beginning in the 70s with dietary guidelines issued by the American Heart Association and later adapted by the USDA, that is the U.S. Department of Agriculture, that many people are still shocked when they hear how much fat they can eat on keto. For decades, we've been taught that low-fat means healthy and that high-fat diets lead to obesity, heart disease, and cancer. But science doesn't play favorites, and loads of research has increasingly shown that we should be eating drastically fewer carbs and considerably more fats while keeping protein intake in the moderate range. There are many experts that feel that the obesity epidemic of the past few decades as well as the meteoric rise in cases of type 2 diabetes may in fact be in consequence of the low-fat trend. If you bring fat intake down, carb consumption will rise. There's only so much protein 
that you can eat. Food manufacturers jumped on the low-fat bandwagon and started creating processed foods that replaced fats with carbohydrates, driving carbon tank to all-time highs. And in the end, we're left with insulin resistance, diabetes, and weight gain. Now, it's plausible to believe that the past low-fat diet, the near-vegetarian diets of the past half-century, can be viewed as an uncontrolled experiment on the entire American population. Now, back in 1961, roughly one in seven adults were obese. Forty years later, that number is one in three. So once you understand how these two macronutrients work, fats versus carbs, those stats are less surprising. Here's what researchers now know about fats, carbs, and health. Butter by itself is considered keto, but not when it's placed in a baked good such as a cookie or pastry. A broccoli spear has carbs, but it's only two grams of carbs. Nor is it a simple carb, it is considered a complex carb. Berries are okay when you're on keto, but only in small amounts. Bacon's a plus, but you don't want to overdo it on the bacon because it's high in nitrite levels. And if you're doing bacon that's nitrate-free, even better. Olive oil and extra virgin olive oil should be used in heavy rotation inside your kitchen. Spinach, Popeye's food, not Popeye's the chicken, Popeye the character, going old school. But spinach is packed with nutrients and vitamins. Watercrest, y'all know how I feel about watercrest. Uber high on the ANDI scale, the aggregate nutrient density index. Watercress, check it out. And if you're a cheese head, especially a hard cheese head, well, that's great for keto. And at the beginning of this segment, I mentioned there are clearly both winners and losers on each side. Here's some winners and losers as it pertains to fats. Some clear winners olive oil, EVO, aka extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil butter, avocado oil, walnut oil, pecan oil, and there are others. But let's take a look at some clear losers. Canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil, peanut oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil. Why? Super high in omega-9s and all refined oils. Want to know more? Check out my previous podcast. I go deep and I go wide and I go long. On the other hand, carbs, believe it or not, has some winners as well. Leafy greens, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, asparagus, zucchini, cucumbers, all complex carbs. There are some carbs that may surprise you to be in the L column. Beets, carrots, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, parsnips, rutabagas, because they have starch and starch converts to sugar, and sugar will raise your insulin level. That's why. Not saying to clearly stay away from these ones, but you want to watch how much you intake. And you already know about the simple carbs. I don't need to say anything about that. But let's take a deeper dive. You remember the days of low-fat margarine? 
non-fat sour cream and reduced fat cheeses and peanut butter. As a matter of fact, many of those products are still on the market today. Ongoing research in science has continued to change the game. A study done in the journal Lancet in 2015 summarized all major low-fat weight loss trials to date and found no evidence that eating low-fat helps people lose weight when compared to any other diet. At the same time, more research is illustrating that the opposite is true, that low-carb, high-fat regimens are more effective. Three large meta-analyses, which looked at evidence from many studies, all in respected and peer-reviewed journals, found that low-carb diets consistently conveyed more benefits than low-fat diets. A 2015 study in PLUS One noted that low-fat diet is currently the recommended diet for overweight and obese adults. It illustrated that the low-carb diets outpaced low-fat plans both in weight loss and weight gains in cardiovascular health. In addition to that, the definition of low-carb in these particular studies was less than 120 grams of carbs a day, while strict keto calls for only 20 grams, so the benefits of keto could be even more powerful. So which fats should you be consuming? I mean, once you decide to go high-fat keto plan, that begs the question. That's a topic of discussion that in the past has been another controversy all of itself. In the decades when fat in general was decried as a health danger, one form of it was considered the greatest evil, saturated fat, derived mainly from animal sources and is solid at room temperature. But once again, research illustrates a different picture. If you're getting saturated fat from whole food resources such as eggs, dairy, and grass-fed beef, alongside healthy fats like olive oil and omega-3s from fatty fish, you'll be just fine. In the past, saturated fat got such a bad rap because most studies were observational and there were so many confounding variables, things like people smoking or not exercising, and so on. Even the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is now urging the USDA in its next edition of Nutritional Guidelines for Americans to de-emphasize saturated fat as a nutrient of concern. As a matter of fact, the Academy explicitly stated in its letter to the USDA, carbohydrate intake conveys a greater amount of cardiovascular disease risk than does saturated fat. Not only that, unsaturated fats have always been seen as healthy. These include fats in olives, avocados, and many types of nuts, as well as omega-3 fatty acids found in fish, flaxseed, and chia seeds. These are good for your heart, anti-inflammatory, and may protect against cancer and neurodegenerative diseases. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have carbohydrates. Now, carbs once dominated the base of the USDA food pyramid. Grains, breads, cereals, rice, pasta are now on many people's outlist. Now, how did they go from hero to zero? Well, it's a mirror image of saturated fats. Carbs were long seen as a healthy source of calories with the added benefit, at least with whole grains, 
with the added benefit of containing fiber. The low-fat movement pushed carbs into the spotlight, and many people felt that eating a bagel was healthier than eating a steak. Then researchers did a deep dive into the distinctions between highly processed carb foods, white bread and sugary cereals and sweets, and whole food forms of carbs, fruits and vegetables. What studies found was that processed carbs break down very quickly in the body, aka simple carbs, causing blood sugar spikes followed by insulin spikes. Insulin is efficient at storing calories as fat, so many sweets end up going straight into storage. Then you're hungry all over again, setting up a boomerang effect, not to mention you're gaining weight. Complex carbs from whole foods such as broccoli or spinach, on the other hand, not only offer more nutrients for your body to use as opposed to starchy carb items, but their fiber ensures that they break down slowly. In addition to that, they also simply contain fewer grams of carbs and much less sugar, so insulin does not have to come flooding in to lower the blood sugar level. The bottom line up front when it comes to keto is to simply realign your body's energy systems by greatly reducing carb intake down to 10%, if not 5% of calories. Now that being said, keep in mind, not all carbs are bad. As I said, there are winners and losers. The trick is both cutting carbs and being selective on those you choose to eat. So how do you choose which carbs to eat? Well, there's an easy way that you can decipher that. Vegetables that grow above ground, things such as lettuce, asparagus, cucumber, cauliflower, tend to be lower in carbs and are best for keto. Below ground vegetables like starchy sweet potatoes, white potatoes, beets, carrots, and parsnips, they tend to be higher in carbs and should be avoided on a keto diet. So as a simple example, let's look at two vegetables, asparagus and sweet potatoes. If you have 100 grams of asparagus, that nets two grams of carbs. If you have 100 grams of sweet potatoes, that nets 17 grams of carbs. And that's almost the daily total that you're allowed when you're on the keto diet plan. So when it comes to consuming foods or vegetables that are grown above ground, the good thing is you can eat those without even counting. It's hard to overeat spinach, zucchini, lettuce, asparagus, and kale when you're on the keto diet. You can have them with butter or with different types of sauces. So when it comes to fats and carbs, just remember that there are winners and losers on both sides. Choose and choose wisely. These are my thoughts and I'm curious to hear what you have to say on the subject matter. Feel free to send your comments or questions to chef-coach at eatlivelovetrain.com or DM me on Instagram at eatlivelovetrain. As always, I appreciate you tuning in and remember, we are a reflection of what we eat. I'll see you next time.